0: Aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish, Heidi Hollis' The Outlander, Outlander, Outlander.
1: Welcome, welcome, everybody, to my awesome Friday evening. You're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander. Get comfortable, people. Get comfortable because this is going to be a fun show, as it always is. I can't help myself. We have fun on this program. That's just the way we roll. Um, So anyways, I guess I'm going to tell you what the show is about. The show is about bringing outlandish topics to the forefront, I don't care if it's about aliens, ghosts, demons, holy encounters, shadow people, to the outlandish. I always say if it's weird, we're here, and now you are too, so stop staring at me. You're just as bizarre as I am. It's, it's okay. I don't want to make weird like nerd. You know, remember, you remember a nerd was like, or geek. Those were words that nobody wanted to be like called. I'm okay with weird. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. As long as they, they can interpret what I'm saying properly, it's, it's all. Um, so about me. This show, as I said, is about outlandish, so I'm outlandish. I'm someone who's been there, seen that, experienced it, freaked out, found some answers, wrote about it, got over it. And now I'm hoping to help you guys do the same darn thing. How about that? Hmm? If you want, check out my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com. You're going to learn so much about me there, you won't know what to do with yourself. and i have youtube facebook twitter all that stuff is on that so go there just just check it out and um i want to tell you guys also i'd say most of you guys do this anyways use the inception radio network app irn app where you can hear me anywhere you go so you'll just keep a big old silly goofy paranormal smile across your face You'll know why, because it's from me. Um, I really like that. I, I like that uh, paranormal smile. I, I wonder what that looks like. Something like the Joker, probably. Ugh, that's a that's a horrible thing. Um, anyways, though, I want you to know also you could call and listen to this program. My parents do this. one eight three two two eight zero zero eight three zero 280 830 or 786-837-2262. So that's, that's kind of cool. And, you know, during the show, I do take calls. I know a lot of people are listening to me pro probably- I don't know, hours later, maybe a month later, so you yeah, call. But um those of you who are listening to me live, feel free, call one eight eight, eight, nine one nine, two, three five five or be bold, be brave, and Skype me your comments and questions to Inception Radio Network. And also I'm in the chat room here in a minute. Um and there's a lot of a lot of people in there that are having a good old time, I'm sure. I always have fun in there. So um in there. I'm usually in there by now, but uh, tonight's just, uh, just me. Um, <laughs> so you guys, join me in the chat room. Um, also, I want you guys to know I have this little segment that I call The Outlandish Corner. That's special effects, fancy schmancy stuff here. And what is The Outlandish Corner? Well, this is where I take your comments, questions, experiences, and all that good and juicy stuff. And uh, I read your emails, and I address it. I give advice. I do whatever it is that we do. Oh, Lord have mercy. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah, I was about to get to the Outlandish Corp. Um, and this is where I, I answer all your lovely emails. And I want you guys feel free to write me your experiences and all that good stuff um, to usoutlander at gmail.com. Or you can also find me on Facebook. Put one in front of Heidi Hollis and uh, you will find me. And, oh, I'm in the chat room now. There goes everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. There we go. Um, So (laughs) now I'm going over to the Outlandish Corner. Okay. Um, You know, I wanted to first say something. I came across across something that was kind of funny, but then not funny. And I don't know. I'd love to hear you guys' perspective on this because um, I was in a store, and uh, this store has unique items in it. And lo and behold, I caught a glimpse of something that really just put a a, a strange look across my face. <laughs> Let's put it that way. There was a a, a like a, a tote bag, almost like a, and, and then they had like a purse. With a Ouija board on it. Mm-hmm. I said Ouija board. Are, are, did you catch that Ouija board? I mean, it, I didn't see a planchet like dangling from the straps or anything. But how disturbing and that? I mean, so what? You just go, hey girls, let's let's all play little little Ouija. What's on your mind? Or let's just conjure up a demon right here in the middle of the sidewalk and see what we could got, get going on here. I mean. What, what is that? Really? Ouija board? How about you know make that into a little backpack for your kids go to school? Ooh, I wonder what my past sisters thinking. I mean, really? Ouija board on a bag? Mm, mm, mm. I'd be ashamed of themselves. I, I mean, I don't know. That's uh. That's just. That's just not cool. So I. I I'd really like to hear some feedback from you guys. So feel free to write me a dust at gmail.com. Tell me what you think about that because I will read your comments off on the next show because I am just floored by that one. Um, So anyways, getting back to Matt. Okay, it says Dear Heidi. That's me, by the way. Um, (laughs) I listened to your radio program interview the morning after and I wanted you to know that I'm very familiar with the large black spiders which deep and then retreat back and change to shadowy things and go through the ceiling. Ugh, I hate those things. I first saw them immediately after marrying my husband. <laughs> my husband in 1984. <laughs> Is that terrible of me to laugh? I think maybe, maybe he's Spider-Man. He's Black Shadow Spider-Man. I don't know. That's too <laughs> okay, so also <laughs> so terrible. Also, I know that that uh, uh, Ralph D'Orio, D'Orio has also seen some because at one of his charismatic events, he said Satan sometimes appears as a big black spider. What? Really? That's that's a big old that's a nasty. That's like you know Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, the, the latest movie. Installment Part Two, uh, really big, nasty, ugly spiders looking like that. I I'd seen something like that. They're they're disgusting. There is no shoe big enough on this planet to smack the heck out of those well enough to feel secure in your bedroom. Mm-mm, nope, I've seen them. Um, okay, so Satan sometimes appears as a big black spider. Different people put different interpretations on what they don't understand. But because I had already been seeing them regularly. I remembered these things. My personal background was very positive and spiritually oriented, devouting one hour each morning and each night to prayer and meditation. Well, that is some dedication. So it never occurred to me that I should fear them. I would continually chase them away. In the name of the Christ, be gone. And they would retreat. But sometimes they would try to hide so I wouldn't notice them like behind the big lampshade on the night table. Ew. I mean, one of those dangly legs got to be, you know, sticking out. I mean, that's just gross, big hairy spiders. Um, unfortunately, my husband played role of the victim instead. And I since learned he was literally infested with them because they would go in and out of his head. Oh, 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 come on now. Really? Which I think accounts for his erratic behavior to say the least.
2: He really is Spider Man.
1: He is the Black Spider Man. You remember that episode? That I mean, that 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 film. That's pretty. Um, but <laughs> that is pretty. Um, that's that's disgusting. Um, so I hear that there's a little hiccup going on in the show, but the show must go on. Twenty second delay. That's that's all good. We're good. You guys, we hear me, okay? Right? Shake your head. Mm, one, two, three. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> we're all good. Wow, see these nasty spiders going out. Your husband must have a big head. Because you said these were big spiders? He must have a huge head. Um, but I never understood who they were or where they came from until years later, after studying Keylantic science. Since 1000... 100- what? What is this? Since 1999, I have kept up. Are you saying since 1999? You put up one too many nines and then you put a comma in there. Um, I have kept up with all the KS translations as soon as they became available. And I did all the techniques also. The history of all types of interdimensional beings and their agendas was gradually explained over the years. I have no idea what this is. And it happened that after I had been regularly attending workshops for four years or so, These were finally described. They are Borga Badajara. Again, I have no idea. Um, (laughs) MJ, he put in, is that the Prince song? One thousand, that's hilarious. You're interested in this level of detail. I hope you can at least realize that there is not all that much difference between shadowy creatures, multidimensional beings, ghosts, and ETs, since all beings are naturally multidimensional. We are unnaturally phase-locked energetically, so currently can't function normally because of extensive damage to our DNA. I knew something was wrong with me. I knew it. The chaos translations include a long history of what has transpired here, which is total truth. If you care to explore this info, the following link contains an intro, which includes links upon links and, and additional links, and etc. Okay. I hope you somehow can find time to check into this. Thanks for your time. Aaliyah, well, Aaliyah, wow, fascinating stuff. Um, who, your head and your uh, your 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 husband's head is 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 huge with uh spider spiders crawling out of it. But you know, when you said that it started with him uh, when you got married to him, uh, I really wasn't surprised was, that you found that they were related in some sense. Whether his the ears are filthy, and these spiders attracted to him, or what? Uh, so negative, they're in also attracted to this um which happens it does happen um so and you said his erratic behavior yeah these things do influence and yeah they're not quite of this dimension so yeah they could probably go in and out of somebody's head um i have actually seen shadowy things hang on people no i'm not psychic. no i don't go hunting these things no i don't go looking for it either but you know when you do that double taking you're like did i just see oh that's some nasty dark stuff hanging on that person you know it's it's just one of those things you know and um so for you to have gotten a glimpse of it and you know when you're married to somebody hello you spend a lot of time you do see such things so i I'm, I'm not shocked i'm not shocked that um you caught that and good on you because then you could defend yourself better. and i like that you invoked the name of jesus Christ be gone, you said. So that's um uh, how it works. Works every time for me. Um so and um you know something that you mentioned that's that's kind of interesting to me. You said your personal background's very positive, very spiritual, you pray an hour in the morning, hour at night, so why fear the dark? You know what? We have that flight or uh, fight or flight within us for a reason. I think we are all vulnerable to dark things no matter what unless you're hmm, i don't know jesus <laughs> i mean the, the darkness can always influence i mean look at our uh, our our catholic priests you know the most highly regarded people in in the neighborhood that fell to you know rocker i mean that's dark that's dark i, I mean I, I highly doubt that they were following good notions or good intentions and i highly doubt that you know, they were listening to the little angel on their shoulder saying, no, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was the other guy on the other shoulder, you know. So, I mean, they got influenced by darkness, right? So I think that, that we all have that opportunity to go to the dark side. But don't go to the dark side. That's not... Please try to stay in the light. Turn the light on, even. That that helps, believe it or not. Um, But, yeah, so I... I I think I mean even myself who has seen you know some pretty incredible holy things, uh, including Jesus. I am I'm really really uh, vulnerable still to the darkness. You know, getting close enough. That's it's not cool. I, I mean I don't I don't get these thoughts in my head to want to hurt somebody. Thank you Jesus for that. Um, <laughs> I don't listen to such things. You know, so it's not there for me. But I think that everybody has a, a spot perhaps darkness can bend and influence negative stuff. So, um, I think it's always good to know no matter how much we pray, which I feel I pray all day long. I feel like I'm constantly talking to God. I'm like, Ooh, did you see that scuff on my car? These crazy Chicago drivers, boy, I really would like to pop one in the hell. God, please let me think positive right now because I don't want to kill somebody. <laughs> it's just, you know, you know, these thoughts come and go. How can I put this? Um, and the- I've been here a few years and so my car has been hit five times. Only once was I in the car. Okay. So people, people, dark thoughts could come to mind when that happens. Um, <laughs> so anyways, yeah. Um, <laughs> so keep your guard up. I don't care who you are. Keep your guard up. Darkness is just looking for a chance to find a way in and boy, boy, oh boy, do they find ways in. So, um, Interesting and your Ks translation stuff. Yeah, you know, I'll look into it. I'm, I'm good with Jesus and Christianity. I I don't I don't really you know, look into, uh, whatever these followings are or teachings of a workshop. I don't know who Borka Buduraha is. Um, but hey, you know positivity is positivity. Great. Um, and I am aware that multidimensional beings are um, among us and how they are related. That is that is so very true. They do fluctuate, they do pop in and pop out, um, and they do cause issues, because sometimes where they pop in at, might be in your husband's head. <laughs> Wait, I couldn't resist, that's just, that's hilarious. I mean, that is, ooh, I think I saw that in a horror movie once, it's like, you get real close to the ear, and then you see something wiggle, and then it does a whole bunch of spiders or something flying out, ah! it's disgusting, Ugh. I don't know, I wonder if you're still married to him. I hope that you're okay, Um, but anyways, yeah, you know, but I, you know, one thing, I I do realize, you know, a lot of people think that we are just so, what did you call it, phase locked, I never heard that our DNA was damaged, Um, but these negative things do keep us pinned down, and within our realm, to a certain extent, but where do our souls go when we sleep? I know I fly sometimes, and I know a lot of people do, but like, why do these bodies have to rest? Why why do they have to do it? I I think because spiritually we're educated i really do i that we're experiencing other things i I'd experienced some i don't know how you could say other dimensional type of shifting where felt like i was living a whole other life someplace else i mean and it was depressing to leave there because it was a lot better than here so (laughs) i think that i don't think everybody did i think sometimes uh you know we we do get the opportunity to go elsewhere and people there in a coma I'm sorry, but I don't believe they're just laying there. I think they're, I think they're bopping around. I think they're checking things out, you know. And I have, I have a friend that was in a coma and, and did just that. So there you go. Um, so, anyways, thank you for sharing. That's that's quite a fascinating story that you shared there. And uh, truly, I'm laughing with you, not at. Well, I'm laughing at your husband. That's no, that's awful of me. Gosh, how did I come up with this stuff? But um, yeah, so thank you very much, there, Aaliyah. Um very, very interesting. Now, on to the next email that I have. Dear Heidi, that's that's still me. Um, I bought the ebook through Amazon. Oh, that must be my book. I'm thinking, I don't know which one it is. We'll see. Now, uh, when our finances are more stable, I may buy an actual book because it's what I prefer. But my husband lost his job last December. Aw, oh, that sucks. And things have been rough this year. Now, it's Christmas shopping time. Yeah, I got this email a while ago. Now it's Christmas shopping time, which I have 13 grandchildren to think about. But I'm getting sidetracked. That's okay. I do have the book, but for some reason, it will not load up on my PC. I will have to see if my husband can figure it out. Okay, let's continue. (laughs) I will load up on my laptop. Tried to read the book in bed, but I have some health issues. Okay, continuing. (laughs) This This is funny. Um, It makes me tired. I kept falling asleep. Okay, then I continue. I only got to chapter three. Yay. I finally got to my point. Oh, you're funny. (laughs) I have not gotten into anything dealing with the shadow people yet in your book. Everyone seems to believe they are evil, but I'm not certain about that yet. But now that I have looked into all of this a bit more, I'm wondering if my shadow man is perhaps a hat man. He doesn't look like a dark ghoul, nor does he have red eyes. He has very intense eyes. My shadow man, she has this in quotes, with a trench coat that covers most of his body. I don't recall a tie. He kinda reminds me of classic pictures of the Reaper. But his head covering is not hood. It is more hat like and keeps his face shadowed and hidden other than his eyes. His eyes are very penetrating. As a child, I was terrified of him. Wow, you have grandkids now, and you saw him as a kid. That's a long time. It seemed he always came from the closet. Take that man! What is... God, he needs to stay out of people's closets. Um, it seemed he always came from the closet, and there were dark things moving around in the closet. I would have night terrors and wake my father up with blood-curdling screams. When I was ill and ran a fever, I would often get the feeling that I was floating just above my bed and not able to move. I would see the shadow man near me during these times. Now I am tempted to go along with the shadow man, but something always keeps me from doing this. I either get woke up abruptly and it disrupts my dreams or something in my dreams distracts me. As I mentioned above, I am not certain he is totally evil. Okay. I believe we all have an evil side to us. Oh, I know it. Um we just learned to keep it in its place. I was just talking about that. What are the odds? Some of us have more evil tendencies than other than others, my opinion. God must believe this too. Otherwise the first pair would not have been tested. Oh, we're talking about Adam and Eve, are we? Um, their failure crept into us all and God felt the need to have a son die for us to give us a way to cleanse ourselves from the evil within us again just my opinion satan or the devil they spell it satin that's kind of funny um satan or the devil i think (laughs) most would agree has given in to his evil tendencies but depending on who you talk to his description would be different god would probably say that satan It's completely evil. She put satin again. That's funny. Um, (laughs) Thus, the need to throw him out of the heavens and save mankind from his influence. Satin, I'm going to just say it. Satin, however, (laughs) might conclude. (laughs) Oh, smooth satin. (laughs) Must conclude that he only had our best interests at heart and wanted to give us the option to think for ourselves. (laughs) <laughs> MJ's cracking up um, he would probably argue that he is not evil only misunderstood again just my opinion so I'm trying to decide where my shadow man fits in thanks joy <laughs> what a great name for enjoying um, satin um, <laughs> so anyways um Gosh, where your shadow man fits in. Well, you've looked into this guy, and I'm sure that you've seen online. A lot of people are like, ooh, this guy is awful. What is he doing? And why is he creeping around in your closet as a little girl? Hmm? Is that good? Was that positive? Did it feel good when he popped up? You know, this is the type of stuff that I I try to ask people. It's like, hey, look, look at how you reacted when you were in the presence of this dude. I mean, was it like, yay, the stranger, the freak that comes from my closet is here. I am so glad to see you. Oh, hold on. You're not talking. You're just staring at me. What are you doing? Actually, Joy, you didn't say what he did. You know, did he just hang out? Did he just stare at you? I mean, is that normal behavior? Like, say you're out in a park and a guy did that. He stared at you. We're in the same getup. Would you think? Pervert alert. Uh, yeah, I would think that. I would think that he had good intentions. I mean, light, do kind of light? You know, even like when somebody smiles, they beam, people say. You know? It's like it comes from within. Beam to you? His eyes are intense, you mentioned. Yeah, his eyes are pretty intense. I mean, his eyes are not always red. They're not always solid black either. Sometimes they're just eyes. Um, I never heard that they were soft or gentle or endearing eyes i just heard that they were they were intense they always said intense because he was so set on staring like doing a little bit of an intimidation type game for some people and others it was touching to be in the presence of such a rotten piece of crap oh did i say that <laughs> i did i said he is a piece of crap that's how i feel that's my personal opinion so put yourself this isn't mine um <laughs> but i'm just kidding joy no no he is he's rotten um no but i again I, I always say you know i'm no psychic i don't sit there and try to feel out this dude um i have experienced some rotten and rotten is is him that's that's his middle name i think it's hat rotten man half Rotten yeah, I um <laughs> i can't say it fast but yeah so no i don't i don't think he has good intentions um Why has he been hanging around you for so long? What's he up to? That's a long time. I don't know how old you are, but you said you have 13 grandchildren. And I'm thinking they didn't all happen in one year. So um, at least 13 years of having had grown children, maybe grown children. Um, (laughs) So it's a potential that, you know, he's been hanging around for a long time, keeping an eye on you. That's, that's disturbing. Okay. Here, you know, I know it's, it's, to every individual to try to decide for themselves what their experiences give I don't think it's right for anybody to outright say I have all the answers here they are, worship me no, right? that's that's not cool but I mean put it in a different way Joy like okay you have like this bush out in front of your house or something and this dude would step out from the bushes and stare in your window and all the time and creep back into the bush and then you come back out you don't know when he's going to come out. He's not asking, hey, can I stare in your window? No, you don't know. He's just going to do it. And even if this is a man, once again, a regular guy, how would it make you feel? I mean, think about it. Just because he's got some kind of weird gift of powers doesn't mean that he's good. You know, so he's not doing this. He's not asking permission. He's doing this on his own. Why is he doing it? Why do you do with so many people and why do you find nine times out of ten the stories about him online are horrible? Horrible. So maybe you're not to the kind of feeling that he sends at at people in general, but hey, that's that's fine. But because um, you don't have that sense of feeling of from him doesn't mean he has good intentions. Does it feel like a guardian angel? I hope tell him. Alright, so anyways, Joy, thank you so much for writing me and Aaliyah, thank you so much for writing me and I want to have you both do me a favor, go check out paranormalpledge.com and raise your right hand and pledge to be somebody who shares their paranormal stories, at least with one other person, because we've got to change this world, people. So, I hear I've got some more little glitches going on here so I'm going to cut out a little bit early and we'll try to fix this. And once again, Interesting. Guests coming up here soon. You are listening to me, Henry House, The Outlander on Inception Radio Network, and we'll be right back.
0: Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois, Illinois.
3: You didn't forget what's coming up tonight, did you? Hi, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Never miss that interview you were looking forward to, or the show on your favorite topic. Follow IRN on Twitter. I underscore R underscore N and get reminders about the evening's live shows as well as fun and important updates throughout the week. That's I underscore R underscore N and never miss a great show again.
0: Hi, Bob Tarmack for MJ's Healthyway.com. Are you into vitamins, nutrition, meal replacements, health shakes, uh, keeping your body in good shape, your internal engine going? <laughs> Boy, do I have a perfect place for you. MJsHealthyWay.com. They offer the best service and products, and they'll tell you anything you need to know about it, any product they have to offer. I get all my vitamins, meal replacements, shakes from MJsHealthyWay.com. That's spelled M J S MJsHealthyWay.com. There's so much more at the website. Go check it out. MJsHealthyWay.com.
4: have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty landline or cell phone and dial or call and listen lines at 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, those numbers are 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262. For the Inception Radio Network, I'm MJ.
3: Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free.
2: Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best.
4: Hello folks, Heidi Hollis is rocking the airwaves every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on IRN. But if you want to learn more about Heidi, check out her amazing website at www.heidihollis.com. For IRN, this is MJ.
0: Get advice on aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish. Explore the paranormal with Heidi Hollis, the Outlander. Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois, Illinois.
3: You didn't forget what's coming up tonight, did you? Hi, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Never miss that interview you were looking forward to or the show on your favorite topic. Follow IRN on Twitter. I underscore R underscore N. And get reminders about the evening's live shows, as well as fun and important updates throughout the week. That's i underscore r underscore n, and never miss a great show again.
0: Hi, Bob Tarmack for MJ'sHealthyWay.com. Are you into vitamins, nutrition, meal replacements, health shakes, uh, keeping your body in good shape, your internal engine going? <laughs> Boy, do I have a perfect place for you. MJsHealthyWay.com. They offer the best service and products, and they'll tell you anything you need to know about it, any product they have to offer. I get all my vitamins, meal replacements, shakes from MJsHealthyWay.com. That's spelled MJsHealthyWay.com. There's so much more at the website. Go check it out. MJsHealthyWay.com.
4: Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty landline or cell phone and dial or call and listen lines at 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, those numbers are 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262. For the Inception Radio Network, I'm MJ.
3: Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free.
2: Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best.
4: folks, Heidi Hollis is rocking the airwaves every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on IRN. But if you want to learn more about Heidi, check out her amazing website at www.heidihollis.com. For IRN, this is MJ.
0: Get advice on aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish. Explore the paranormal with
4: Heidi Hollis, the Outlander,
1: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, the outlaw. Remembering always if it's weird we're here. We're giving you advice and insight on outlandish topics and the phone lines are always open at one eight 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 nine one nine two three five five. And as promised, I have a fantastic guest, Harry Drew, who's a cultural specialist and Right there, I'm sold. That's just so cool. A former director and curator of museums of history, anthropology, and archaeology, as well as being a newspaper columnist and author of history for the past 40 years, Drew brings new evidence to straight to. Well, what is this? To set the record straight. There we go. About the Kingman UFOs from a retro 1953 perspective to the dynamics of what's truly happening with UFOs at Kingman and elsewhere today. Everybody, round of applause. (laughs) Harry, everybody's going crazy, Harry. How are you doing?
5: I'm doing excellent, Heidi. How are you?
1: Oh, life is good. It's good to have you back on the show. You really, you just blew my mind the last time that we spoke because, uh, I mean, the Kingman UFO crash is something that it's just... I don't know. I don't hear it like all the time being talked about out there. Everything's Roswell, this and that. I want to hear about Kingman. Um, and <laughs> you I mean, your background, though, is, is crazy fascinating. I mean, I think everybody wants to be Indiana Jones and you are him, huh?
5: I guess I am. I, I've been called that more than once. And uh, it isn't advisable, I can tell you, in some ways, because <laughs> much, of, much of the research that I did in field work. Mm-hmm. I did I did completely by myself, and uh, I hear about that more and more now um, because um, in this part of Arizona where I am, we have 11 of the 15 poisonous creatures uh, oh. along with uh, one of the, the, in fact, the landing site is uh, toward the base of the Wallapai Mountain, which is over 8,000 feet high, and it has uh, a population of mountain lions <gasps> and what are called javelina, which are rather bad-tempered. They aren't actually a wild boar, but they resemble one, and they are pretty much territorial. And if you are going through their territory anywhere close, they just come and give you a bad time. So if you have a problem where you break down and it was in places with no, no, believe this or not, you're there, I think, in Chicago. but There's, like, no cell phone service. Nothing. You know, you you would need smoke signals to be able to signal somebody. and, And so it's, like, really desolate. Um, and one place is off of a 1912 wagon road, you Mm -hmm. know, so it kind of gives you the idea. So, but it's a six-year project, and I wanted to do something that no one had really done, and that was actually go do the research, and that had not been done even though there were people I refer to as exaggerators who claimed a lot of things. And I love speaking to people at conferences and individually, and I hear now on your show. And when I provide information uh, on many occasions, especially at the conferences, I provide information to people on how they can go verify this stuff mm-hmm. that I'm finding and telling them for themselves. Then they can look at whoever story they want, and then they can look at facts, you know, and that's, right. yeah you can't argue too much with uh, if you can touch it and and you can see it and it walks like a duck and sounds (laughs) like a duck it probably is a duck you know
1: or a a chicken um so (laughs) just kidding what what you know give us a little bit more background on the kingman story for for people who don't know and haven't heard it before let's let's go there because it's it's such a fascinating uh you know topic i i was blown away when you first told me about this stuff
5: thank you the The number one problem with the Kingman story is, we're talking May of 1953, and it was basically uh, about numbers—it's really number two, but uh, in time-wise, it's it's a couple UFO incidents after the more known Roswell. And it's kind of in a line, if you go east-west, from Kingman, Arizona, over to Roswell, New Mexico— And uh, it has been discounted uh, initially, and then some of the storytellers for the past three decades have said it is, it isn't uh, real, and just like Aztec, to the point that because of me being a historian, I wanted to know, is this just a bunch of baloney, or was there anything really real about it? And and it entails the story of about a UFO coming down in May 1953— and there were four crew members in a craft. Uh, depends whose story you hear, um, one or four or three. And uh, they were uh, either killed or some of them were killed or they were injured or weren't injured. And the latest thing that I've just noticed with a, a, a recent book being released, that there was actually a, a ray gun fight with the Air Force retrieval team. And a woman alien escaped, and the other aliens fought with ray guns until their power packs went dead, and then they surrendered. So there's all kinds of stories, okay? But what, in fact, happened is on the 18th day of May, 1953, a UFO flew through some experimental thing the Air Force was doing here. There was, by the way, no military presence here other than three radar units set up on a triangular fashion. The military base had been uh, Deserted in 1945. That was at Kingman, which was an Air Force Army Air Corps base, and this flew through this high and uh, overpowered microwave short pulse radar, and sort of like creating harp And they had no idea what they were doing. The Air Force at the time to just add more power so you can get more range because it was Cold War and they were worried about the Russians with the new bomber they were building could come down over the North Pole and bomb the United States, and our radar could only see 25 miles. So they wanted to be able to see further. So they were doing experimentation with radar in a lot of places. And back east, they were building uh, a completely new type of system. But the the craft flew through there, and it is my uh, sincere belief that It upsetted uh, the avionics or um, propulsion system in the craft, and it went down 15 witnesses on the ground. watched this happen. Uh, On the 21st day of May, that's a few days later, a bus load with 40 scientists were brought out from Phoenix. They were brought into Phoenix, Arizona from multiple places, and they arrived here about 8.30 to 9 p.m. on the evening of the 21st, and they inspected a flying saucer hmm. that was sitting on the ground, and the crew, who were no longer there, had been removed by the retrieval team upon uh, uh, arrival at the craft back on the 18th. They got there two hours after it, it was forced down. All of the crew were fine. They were standing outside the craft. It wouldn't fly. And uh, they were humanoid in appearance, four and a half to five feet tall. They were not injured they were fine they were not killed no matter what anybody else is saying uh, how do i know this i interviewed the last surviving member of the united states air force retrieval team who was there and i have uh, four other what i call firsthand eyewitnesses who actually touched this craft wow. and it yeah i know how it was removed it was not removed all the ways that are Uh, All the various stories taken down Highway 40, uh, went across Davis Dam at the Colorado River going west to get on Highway 95, supposedly Highway 40 and Highway 95, closed off so the Air Force could do this for up to four days. And it's amazing when you think that Highway 40 wasn't built for 30 more years. So it didn't even exist. You know, so some of the storytellers are really way over the top and Davis Dam wasn't Completed until 1954, that's a year after the craft had already been removed, and it was taken up desert roads to the north of Kingman. And I've been that way in my Jeep, and it goes all the way up to where it was headed to intersect with old Arizona 93, going to Henderson um, and Las Vegas, Nevada direction, which is the way you go to Groom Lake, which later became called Area 51, and they barged this craft across the backside of Hoover Dam. Corps of Engineers were waiting there. Simple as that. I mean, uh, not real simple, but simple. <laughs> and the retrieval team got back just in time for what is called the Red Lake Foutank craft to come down on, on the 22nd of 1953. And that craft ricocheted off of a rocky butte and overshot a reservoir called Foutank. And in Arizona, foo tank, not like, it's spelled like foo fighter, but uh, it's a term that's used here uh, discussing like an earthen dam and uh, for watering, uh, well, wildlife and livestock. And this one was about the size of uh, a reservoir that could do 200 head and handle that kind of load for drinking water, catching runoff and this kind of stuff from monsoon. Um, There were four uh, crew members aboard that craft.
2: They say change is a good thing, especially if that change puts more money in your pocket. Switch to Block now, and for a limited time only, we will prepare and file your taxes for the same price you paid your other guy last year. H&R Block Tax Pros, with IBM Watson, finding you every last credit and deduction you deserve for the same price you paid someone else last year? Now that sounds like a change worth making. Stop in today or schedule an appointment at hrblock.com. Subject to $125 minimum charge. Participating offices only. See tax office for details.
5: Um, Two were severely injured with leg and foot injuries the lower extremities. They were taken to Nellis Air Force Base. They died there of their injuries. The other two, though roughed up, were okay. They were taken on to Grim Lake. So they joined the other four that had gone up uh, a few days before. Uh, So there were six ETs uh, at that point. And then two days later, on the 24th of May, another one of the saucers, they called them disks then, and once again, right in front of Old Town Kingman, 3,400 people, right in front of everybody, down came a UFO, it had gone through this radar triangle, and it went right smack into the north face of the Hualapai, and and as I mentioned, it's over 8,000 feet high, it's forested, there's elk there along with those mountain lions and other kinds of things. And it set the mountain on fire. And the uh, town tried to respond. Volunteers, you know, and and some Forest Service people get up there and try to fight the fire. And and they're using 1953 technology, which means they're using shovels and Mm. dirt and they're using wet gunny sacks to beat the brush and um, the the low-lying fire part and bring in a bulldozer and uh, that was basically the technology of the time. And so a Forest Service worker, unbeknownst to the, all these people, Air Force recovery team was on the other side. They've already drug away two corpses and pieces of the craft. Okay, And on the face side where uh, from Old Town, Kima, you can look right up where it happened, the fire crews were up there, and a Forest Service worker had arrived bringing more supplies up, and he noticed near the source of the fire, two lightly built individuals were, who were wearing what were basically like jumpsuits. And we would think of jumpsuits, not chrome garments with antennas in their head or any of this <laughs> stuff. And, uh, and he became suspicious because they were aimlessly walking around like they were disoriented. And so he took them into custody because he thought they were arsonists. Because there had been no bad weather that entire week. It was perfect. Uh, Weather records go back to 1901. I looked at them all. The newspaper also commented on the weather of the day, you know, the day after it happened, that kind of stuff. And um, so they took him to the sheriff's office in the 1914 Mojave County Courthouse, which is still here. And the lower part of the building in the basement was the sheriff's office, which has been off-limit to the public for about 30 years because the court conducts court-related business and, and that kind of thing where they keep uh, the press and everybody else away from that so that uh, the, anything the court is working on won't be corrupted. And I went and talked to the head of security for Mojave County Court, and I, and I told him, I said, I've looked at some documents that tell me all about the sheriff's office and describe things and this incident that happened uh, from my research. And by the way, I used uh, real research libraries, museum facilities, uh, government agency documents where I could get them and all of that. So I'm looking at stuff that hasn't been uh, manipulated or changed or all. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of digging. It takes months and months going through these things, page by page by page. Oh, and perfect. yeah, and um, it's worth it, though. <laughs> when, you find, when you find what you're after. And so I asked the, the head of the security from Harvey County Court, if I describe all these things to you, would you just tell me yes or no? And I didn't tell him I was doing any research about the Kingman UFO or UFOs. Mm-hmm. No, it would have been thrown out of my ear probably. And, and so I told him the sto- uh, kind of an overview of the story and I described it all. And he said, come with me. And he took me there and he shut down alarm systems, and he took me in to this place and allowed me to photograph it.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh that's, cool. and oh, that's awesome. Yeah,
5: yeah. even an oak bench that the Forest Service worker sat on outside of a room that, that is uh, an interrogation room, and it is actually a poured-in-place concrete vault, ceilings, wall, floor, uh, are all concrete, had one door in and out, And they would take someone who's suspected of something into the room. And if they want to hold him there, they just lock the door. And then outside of that are four deputies and then two more doors that are locked uh, that take a key to get in and out either way. And so the sheriff wasn't in because this is 1953, 3400 population, Mayberry, USA. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so a deputy left to get the sheriff. And uh, three deputies stayed there, and the Forest Service worker sat outside, and these two men were locked in this room. These two individuals, I should say, because it so happens the reporter uh, for the Kingman uh, Daily Minor newspaper, it's 130 years old, uh, happened to see the Forest Service worker and these two men go by, two guys. Mm-hmm. And he writes down because he's covering the fire. He writes down Forest Service worker, Forest Service worker Joe, and two quote strange looking men, unquote. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, oh, it's just. Uh, and how do I know that? It's on the front page of the paper. Oh it's a gosh. major event. It's a forest fire, you know. And so wow. so what happens is also mentioned on the front page of the paper, as well as because uh, when law enforcement takes someone in for questioning, there's a record of that. All right. Uh-huh. I mean, they don't put people in a room and lock them up and then you not know. say anything. Like in the 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 report for the day, so there's a you know there's this kind of thing as well. So so the sheriff comes back. He's briefed by the Forest Service worker about what happened, and so he said, "Okay, open up," and the, and they step into the room because he's going to talk to these two strange-looking men <laughs> about what's happened. All right, and they were gone.
1: Oh, really.
5: Yeah, 14-inch thick, steel-reinforced, concrete walls, ceiling and floor, no way in around except one door right next to the Forest Service worker where he was sitting, which uh, opens up to where there's three deputies and it's inside of of a locked-down, all-walled-in sheriff's office. They have, like, a security window, you know, that kind of thing. And so uh, it really got me because... He didn't do anything. The sheriff didn't say, uh, secure the building, uh, set out an APB, and all of these things. Right. And, I, and I say that because, you know what? Because my research, I went back to 1945, and I came forward in time. I went back in maps to 1856 and came forward. So I would know where the roads really are instead of where the exaggerators say all these okay. roads were, okay? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is part of doing... The kind of thing a historian really does. You want to know what you're dealing with, you know. And so what's interesting is that in 1950, this same sheriff who was in office, he was in office actually 25 years, uh, had a very similar thing happen. And a a disc hit one mile away on on the Wallapai Mountain from the one in 1953. Why it did it, I can't say because I haven't done any research other than finding this. And um, there were three men, three uh, strange-looking men brought down, and they were, uh, they were burned, and they were picked up by a captain and the Army uh, National Guard, who was helping bring in things for fighting the fire, because there was no military around, so they got the guard to bring us some stuff. And... He picks these guys up 16 miles uh, out of Kingman, Old Town Kingman, brings them down the hill to the hospital. There was no such thing as ER back then, and as they're approaching the hospital, one of the one of the three aliens, there were two aliens or ETs sitting in the front seat, one laid in the back of the truck because he was more burned than the others, mm-hmm. and uh, the one by the driver or the passenger side window said, looking out the window. That looks like our ambulance, and of course, what does that mean? An ambulance is parked out in front of the hospital. They're bringing the the forest service, or the I'm sorry, the captain for the National Guard brought these three guys in to the hospital. They don't need an ambulance. He's just done that, and the similarities between that and the forest service worker are really uh, stark. And but everything changes on what happens. Um, the uh, National Guard captain gets out and he asks the driver in the what looked like an ambulance uh, who he was and he said why well, I'm the ambulance driver <laughs> and he leaned across uh, he looked across and uh, leaned over and looked down at the at the man sitting on the passenger side and he said well who are you and he said well I'm the intern and he said I treat the patients and so the <laughs> National Guard captain yeah no kidding
1: <laughs> wow.
5: helped load. This guy from the back of his truck into the back of the ambulance. The two other ETs got in the in the ambulance, and it took off. The sheriff came to a screeching halt, right next to the captain, and said, "Did you just bring three burned men in to the hospital for treatment?" And he said, "Yeah, they just left in an ambulance." Uh, and of course, the reaction was, "Why are they leaving the hospital in an ambulance?" Yeah, that's. You know, <laughs> it's like Kingman is almost a hundred miles to anywhere.
1: Oh gosh. Okay. That's- Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. You know, I, I have a question for you uh, before we get to our, our, our next break here. But what, I mean, between these crashes, these beings, did they look similar between them all? I mean, what did, what did they exactly describe? Humanoid as in what color? What were their I, eyes like?
5: When I talked to the, the uh, elderly gentleman who was the, the last living member of the Air Force recovery team, he was breathless. When he began to describe the scene he saw as a young airman and uh, any retired lieutenant colonel, air force pilot and test pilot and all kinds of things. And I have since come in contact uh, with someone uh, who was his friend was also a lieutenant colonel and they were all under the same commander and so on. But uh, what, what he told me breathlessly uh, when he described them, he said they were humans. And he was just stunned. And they thought because 1953, a lot of, by then, a lot of uh, E.T. movies, aliens and spaceships and things had been out. And there'd been a whole bunch of the Flash Gordon era and um, um, War of the Worlds in 1953. And you got Martians with suckers on their fingers. So they, he had no idea what to expect. And her seeing lightly built, uh, pale skinned. Uh, closely cropped brown hair or tan, sandy hair. Okay. M- uh, men, for all purposes, whose eyes were pretty much normal size but spaced further apart than we normally see but occasionally do see in the population. And uh, the chin, uh, the end of the chin is more like a valentine heart. So the jawline ran down more to a point rather than being squared off like uh, we pretty much And they were all about are. four
1: and a half, uh, five feet tall?
5: Four and a half to five feet tall. There were four. Three stood behind one of them that they took, the Air Force team took to be the spokesman or leader, just because of the, the body language, the way they were standing, and spoke to them in English.
1: Using their mouths, not their brains. Wow, that
5: now- no, no, that's how it was perceived. I asked I did- him the same question. <laughs> I said, "Was I mean? Did they did they actually say that? I mean, were they speaking with the with their mouth, or was it telepathic?" And he said he really didn't know. Their impression was they were speaking to them. Oh, that's amazing. And, so uh, now,
1: is the, and all of the beings between all the crashes all looked very similar. You're saying correct? Say it again. All of the, the the various crashes of recovered alien bodies, they all look kind of similar, like the one that you just described?
5: They were all the same. Uh, all of the craft uh, had four crew members. Um, two were killed, if you recall, at the Red yes. Lake crash, and mm-hmm. two killed at the Wallaby Mountain crash. So you had four dead, and you had six that were t- taken to Groom Lake, and okay. two that escaped from county law enforcement.
1: That's amazing. You know, we got to get to our break here. You guys are listening to me. Heidi Alice, the Outlander on Inception Radio Network, and we'll be right back.
0: Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois, Illinois.
2: Do you have a smartphone? If so, Inception Radio Network is the best app for you. Available on iTunes. Android, Samsung, and most other app stores. Just search Inception Radio Network. With the app you can listen live, check out podcasts, recent and past shows, view our videos, see what shows are coming up, who the guests are, and, via the chat room, send live questions to those guests. You know it makes sense. Check your app store now. Inception Radio Network. I'll see you there.
3: Inception Radio Network listeners, this is Amanda. Just a reminder that Inception Radio Network is on Twitter. Follow us at I underscore R underscore N and keep up to date about who's on tonight, what interviews they'll be doing, who's guest spotting, what topics they'll be covering. Tweet to us, tweet about us, retweet topics to your friends. And most importantly, never miss a great show again. That's I underscore R underscore N.
4: Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty landline or cell phone and dial or call and listen lines at 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, those numbers are 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262. For the Inception Radio Network, I'm MJ.
2: Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best.
4: Hello folks, Heidi Hollis is rocking the airwaves every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on IRN. But if you want to learn more about Heidi, check out her amazing website at www.heidihollis.com. For IRN, this is MJ.
0: Get advice on aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish. Explore the paranormal with... Heidi Hollis, The Outlander.
1: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. Remembering always, if it's weird, we're here. And we have Harry Drew, who's talking about the most fascinating, I'm sorry, the most fascinating UFO crashes known to mankind uh, in the Kingman area. I mean, my goodness, Now you mentioned something during the break that um, what's what's that that little log line of how many crashes and how many aliens? What was that?
5: Oh, here are the stats for the statisticians (laughs) out there. There for the entire seven days of May, the Kingman UFO story, it involves 11 UFOs. One UFO landed, two UFOs crashed, there were 44 ATs, six were taken alive, four were taken dead, and two were taken to the sheriff's office and escaped.
1: <laughs> Those are some wild statistics. Now, I mean, you've got a book that's going to be coming out soon. Like, about when can we be expecting that? Because I want you back on to talk about it, of course. You,
5: yeah, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to release it ahead of time um, I may time it. I have a uh, in August, mid-August of this year, two thousand and fourteen. Mm-hmm. The uh, international theatrical premiere of my new documentary will happen, and uh, theatrical it'll be shown in a theater, meaning red carpet and the whole thing. Ooh, and, yeah, fancy. and um, right. and I I made time the release of what I'm what I'm looking at right now on. Is a prototype of the Seven Days in May, the Kingman UFO story, which in this case is a hardbound. It'll be a limited edition for libraries. I may or may not make that open just to the public as well, but uh, there'll also be like the the general or the usual six by nine uh, type of thing. But I'm going to have, I want to have both books simultaneous. But one is for, I have many, many of the books that, well, all of the books that I've written uh, are at, uh, colleges and uh, universities of higher learning, as the libraries on the West Coast and uh, state state library systems, many of the school systems, uh, humanities department, Stanford University. That's that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. so and, and memorial libraries. So it's because I'm a historian. I mean, I'm right. a former, like you said, I'm a, a former director and curator of history, archaeology, and anthropology. Um, I do the I do the business that I that I've been doing for so long, and writing. These things, and I have to, have been very careful about how much I have released, and uh, about this, and I release so much, uh, just so much at a time because I keep reading my own things coming back at me, and okay. uh, that's in somebody else's work, Oh,
4: absolutely. and,
5: a, and, and my totally my understand. original, yeah, and well, it's kind of you know, I'm the guy that could have been bit by the snakes. I'm the guy <laughs> when I was out on the, well, I'm the, I'm the one that's in 110 degree heat packing ninety pounds of equipment, cameras, and all these different kind of things. Um, and the so, the important question
1: off. is this, though, Harry. Since you yeah. are like the <laughs> the the Indiana Jones, do you have the hat that fits your role? Do you yeah. do you have an Indiana Jones hat? Let's hear it.
5: Yes, I do.
1: <laughs> all right. so I love of course, this.
5: and and the boots, and, and uh, the boots. you know, and you, you know, hate all you and even, mistakes, yeah, right? even, even something to tr- tr- uh, try to protect myself with.
1: Apparently.
5: You know, so you have to have that if you can get to it, if you don't fall off a cliff first.
1: <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, so. I want people to know your website. It's kingmanufocrashes.com, so people can check out that site. And you also give tours of the area. What's that website?
5: Uh, it's kingmanufotours.com, and that goes through uh, top secret tours. And, and, yeah, they, go and they coordinate with me, I'm, and they also do their own top-secret tours. Uh, uh, Tony, who owns Alp Ventures, starts like at Roswell and does a, a nine-day tour that comes from Roswell and hits different places, including uh, Sedona to the east of me, and then comes here. And on that one, I take them to one of the crash sites.
1: Nice. That's so, very cool. I've, if, I've got a question here from the chat room. Um, uh, Russell is asking if there's any evidence of topics discussed with the surviving crew from the crash saucers. Great question.
5: Are there any? Is there evidence?
1: Yes, of anything that's been spoken of with these beings. Like what? Ha- what did they say? What was you know? What was asked of them? And where are they?
5: Oh, you're talking about the ETs?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
5: Okay. When the, when the Air Force recovery team handed off the ETs, it's like everything else even that we do now, is that you you know what you have a need to know, and you're not told anything else. He didn't have any evidence, although it is everyone's understanding that they were taken from that facility to Los Alamos. Mm-hmm. And whether they went to Sandia, uh, Sandia Labs or not is not really known, but that's suggested. I, I can't, I, I, I will not say either way because I don't have evidence that can back up my statement. I so got gotcha. this, this, this is the information that I have run into, and this is the information I have gotten from uh, some of the principal witnesses involved, uh, two of them being physicists who actually touched this craft. And uh, the Air Force recovery man and and an engineer
1: well, what it, were their thoughts on what it is they observed what what was it? I mean, what was the surface like of the craft
5: The craft were on first off, why are they even here? Why are they even here now? why did why do the dark helicopters unmarked flying in formation of eight? Where they stagger, one ahead of the other, one is to the right a little, one to the left, and they're they're back about five, six helicopter links from the next one, and they go by off the back of my property, on the way to the underground base. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's happening now.
3: Well, what's and, going on? You told me earlier before, about this too. And It's
5: an underground base, and this and this north, it's it's slightly northwest by southeast route that these craft were flying, and they all were coming from the north when they went, and they crashed heading south, okay? okay. The direction of south or southeast. And and um, and they and the first one that went down was about 16 miles from where I believe the underground base is, which I have been told by old-timers who that I have met and become friends with over the years there. Uh, it took me about 10 years. And um, they talked to me about the things that, they feel comfortable with revealing from that time when they were here. And they don't want me to try to go to the underground base because, um, per their story, as told to me, uh, three people tried that years ago and were found dead. Oh. Later, later, two more tried it from Kingman, and they were never found again. So they're worried that it's a one-way trip. And I know from my own experience out on the 1912 wagon road uh, when I was confronted face to face by some uh, p- uh, couple of guys um, that they were wearing battle dress uniforms that with no ID and were giving, giving me a hard time uh, about that and asking me uh, why I was there and where I was I have every right to be but I was in the middle of no place and it would have been easy to do something to somebody and nobody know
1: of course. You know, I yeah. have a question for you because it seems like a lot of stuff, a lot of activity is concentrated right there. Do you think that there's some kind of magnetic pull, a vortex? I mean, do well, we have a Bermuda it, it, Triangle thing going on kind of thing? You're,
5: you're going on to another story because, um, <laughs> yeah, um, because of the, the, the tremors and the rumblings that go on here. Oh. Even, now, even now, and uh, I can tell multiple stories of, from people who, who tell me, and you can see the goosebumps on the people when they try to repeat some of this stuff. But there are some places where, for those people who can feel what I consider to be negative energy, you can go here, and you feel it. I mean, it's like you you don't even have to get out of your car yet, and you can feel it. And uh, there is also underground, in That's and around disgusting. Kingman.
1: That's disturbing, the, the, this yeah. negative feel. Okay, like... I'm sorry, but most of the time when people talk about going to a crop circle or an area where, you know, UFOs or, or other things may be going on, I don't know, there's a lot of love and light people out there who are just like, Oh, it feels so empowering and but this yeah. is the first time I've heard somebody say you go there and you feel the negativity creeping in your car as you're going down. I mean, whoa, and this is where you're living. I mean, so you're living in a negative pit of, you know, alien infiltration. I mean, what do you think is causing that? That's kind of that's kind of sad, actually.
5: Some something is going on underground. Okay, uh, who it is and what it is, I don't know. Mm. And um, I learned some time back um, because of the craft that have come d- down or, and or landed, hovered and or landed out behind. I live in the desert, and I'm thirty-five miles uh, from the back of my backyard, straight out. It goes 35 miles of open, flat desert. And so, and it's like anything that can be seen that's illuminated, you can see it in in the dark. And if it's daytime, and I've had that happen, um, there's no way you can confuse something that's parked right smack over you at 400 feet that it's an airplane or if it's a UFO. I mean, there's there's no question. When you can see it in the daytime, you can see the skin of a craft. I call it they're craft to me. I, they're like a machine, you know. Uh, they're not a rubber ball or something. And I've and I've seen some other things at night that uh, I can't explain. And luckily for me, and uh, by the way, my Facebook page. You go to Facebook.com/slash. Harry.Drew.35, and you can go down, scroll down through some of the things I've posted, and there is evidence there for everyone to see of a photograph I shot from my backyard at nighttime with a fixed-lens digital camera. Fixed-lens, no, mag- no magnification at all, and uh, here's this craft and it's perfect, you know, it's, our clear skies, it's perfect. You can see it. You can see it with the naked eye better than the camera was seeing it as far as when you look at the, first look at the image. And uh, and there's a man who is an astronomer who is on the east side of Kingman, and I am west of Kingman. Okay. And he has all of the telescopes and cams uh, to record all those things. And unbeknownst to me, while I'm shooting almost straight up at this... Massive UFO. He is off to the west shooting at a slight angle of the same UFO at the same time. Oh. Okay. I don't even know this. He doesn't know it. And so to look at his video and my still photo, it's on my Facebook page. Yeah. Oh. So you can actually see it. And so seeing is believing up to a point. But I had, I, I was out back and a mothership. What does that mean? They're big. They're Mm -hmm. bigger than all the others. What is a mothership? It's an aircraft carrier. Mm -hmm, Right. Okay? The craft that are here, and we're here in 1953, they're shuttles. They're just, uh, they're terrestrial, atmospheric craft. You know, it's like um, we take a a transit bus in downtown Chicago. Right. You know, they're taking a UFO. That's what they're using. And whatever propulsion system. And I I don't know because I haven't studied that. That yeah. wasn't my interest. Um, anyway, so what you have is uh, these kind of things going on, and so one night I'm standing out back, looking up, and here's this thing, and it's just parked there. And then after a while, I thought maybe I'm just seeing some kind of an anomaly, you know, in space. It's a perfectly clear night, right. and then it and then it moved several miles and stopped again. Stars don't do that.
1: Last night, e- aer- they don't. Yeah. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah, so after about a half an hour, uh, I, w- I went in and got a camera and went back out. It's still sitting there. I photographed it. And it's creepy when you when you en- uh, enlarge a photo. It looks like something out of uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica oh, or I something. I love that. You know? Oh,
1: my God. And, my but favorite. a beam of
5: light came out of it. Okay, shot down to Earth, and wh- where it went, I'd already noticed because there were two UFOs sitting on the ground, and uh, out about uh, about one to two miles, and it came. To the, and this beam of light came down, and it was a cylinder, and a luminous, kind of blue, and it was translucent, and a brilliant white shaft, uh, uh, or cylinder inside the shaft came down like an elevator and uh, the cylinder was about five times the width and you could see the bottom end as it came down and then then alongside as it went on straight down from the side and when it reached the ground and it's pitch black outside with starlight except for the luminous UFOs and when it hit the ground or came down to the ground, everything went dark Hmm. and the same fellow on the other side of Kingman has this kind of imagery and it's going from the ground up. Really? Yes. And he has it on video. You can actually see it. Now, keep in mind, there was no, there were no aurora borealis happening. There was no weather anomalies. You know, it's like, what was I, I'm speaking to my wife here. was 80 yesterday, you know.
1: Uh-huh. And,
5: uh, and it's like clear skies and, and we're not having all of this stuff going on. So there's a lot
1: of things that are still taking place in this whole area. You know that there's something going on and and rumblings. What are these rumblings going on over there?
5: Well, let me tell you first that this entire region in Arizona and this area is Mm -hmm. seismically stable, meaning there haven't been and we do not have earthquakes and there haven't been earthquakes in a very, very long time here. We don't have tremors here from Mm -hmm. the earth movement. And uh, although we, uh, the there was an earthquake in about 1990 that could be felt here because it was such a big quake. It was 7.6 or 7.8, and so we could feel the ground shake because the earth, the whole planet shakes with a big quake. Right. And and um, all all we know in general, and the old the old timers will not talk at length about this. They're afraid. They're absolutely. uh, they're really afraid of it. And uh, I don't know if they know the whole answer and don't want to say, but uh, I can give you an example as quick as I can. I have some people I know went out with a Jeep Wrangler. Uh, They went out to have a picnic. Uh, They were out by a wash, actually about three-quarters of a mile away from where the Red Lake crash happened in 1953. Unbeknownst to them, uh, they were near it. But they were near a wash, and they set up a card table and some bowling chairs, and they're just going to enjoy the desert scenery. And their dog uh, was uh, along with them, and the, and all of a sudden there was a lot of rumbling and clanking, really loud, and off in the wash, uh, very close to them, a hundred yards away, and dust bellowing out of the ground, out of the, out of the wash, just cloud of dust building up, and the dog ran over. the wash and was barking, and they took off running to see what it was, and as just as they're reaching it, it stopped, and the dust that was hanging in the air just drifted away in the wind, and there was nothing, not even a sign that the bottom of the wash had been disturbed, and the dog's ears dropped, and it went running for the Jeep. And they followed as fast as they could go. They grabbed their card table and their chairs, collapsed them, threw them in the Jeep, and off they went. And that's an example of the type of thing that happens. And I really uh, can't tell you other than uh, in old, part of the old town of Kingman, that is still something people can, you feel the, it's like tr- uh, jittery. Uh, it, 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 it's a... Uh, the frequency of shake you can feel. Right. Uh, Yeah.
1: Interesting. You know, I have to tell you this, Harry, because I don't know if you know this, but I mean, if you have kids or grandkids, bedtime story time must be, (laughs) <laughs> Unbelievable! Because you, you know how to tell a story, and I mean, I'm mesmerized. The whole, the whole chat room—they're all frozen. I like Harry. Harry gives no BS. He's just straight up. You know, it's like they're digging you, and I, 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 I love listening to you. You know, I, I wanted to ask you something. You, you mentioned that you saw a creature once that kind of leans towards the shadowy nature of things. So, tell us a little bit about that, because uh, that, that's, yeah. that's fascinating stuff.
5: Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I think there's even a photo of of this shadowy thing. And I thought of you when, because I'm I'm not I'm not into that, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like and um, Hold, it.
1: did this happen after we spoke?
5: Yeah, so I'm this is oh, uh, no. we're going back we're going back to the Red Lake uh UFO site and I'm I'm climbing a butte. It's 110 degrees. Um, it's clear day, boy, is it ever, and I've got all this camera gear, and, and the footing is so poor on the butte that I'm having to walk sideways and try to find places to put my feet because the rocks range from about the size of your fist uh, to maybe uh, a football, okay. and, there, and there's so much loose rock that it would be very easy to have a cataclysmic fall. Ugh. And at the same time, I'm watching for Mojave Green, Rattlesnakes, which are uh, particularly dangerous, and um, if you're bitten, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and so I'm doing all of this, and I'm halfway up, and I get I get this creepy feeling. I don't know about how many are listening. If you have like premonitions, or or you feel like somebody's watching you, you're in a room, yeah. someplace, or out in an audience, and you look over, and they are. There's somebody watching you, <laughs> and and so. Yeah, so I'm halfway up, and I'm already, I'm not paranoid. I just have to be extra careful, or I would have been um, wiped out a long time ago, you know, I wearing know. my Indiana hat, which, <laughs> which helps. And But so I'm out there, dark glasses and the whole thing, and, and I look down, and out of the right peripheral range of my eye, something's moving. And it's moving rapidly, and I look down, and I mean, it's like, this hill is like really down, uh, fast fall. And there's this thing, and it's black, and uh it has it's vertical it's standing up and down it's like bipedal two legged it would be, but it's more like a. uh it's more like it's a cloak, and the the image is no distinct legs, and this thing is not actually touching the ground. I can see it it's clear as a bell it's skimming along over the ground surface. And it's tilted slightly forward, which I took like where your, your head is, and this thing is moving, and it went on by. And it's like, I go, uh, I have this gut-wrenching feeling. It's headed towards my Jeep where it's parked, and the Jeep's about a mile away. I've had to walk in because the Jeep can't go any further. Right. And and I thought, I don't know what this is, but, you know, it's like uh, it could tear up my Jeep or something, you know, and I'm going right. to be out here in the desert. Right. With you know, with no way out of here, and so I thought, do I go back down? I go back up, but it creeped me out. It <laughs> it uh, I sensed I sensed it wasn't uh, necessarily uh, my buddy, and yeah. uh, so I decided I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go on. I'm halfway up this mountain with all this gear. I'm gonna go up and film, and and uh, sh- um, what I want to do is show where the impact the vehicle actually hit the top of the mountain it scarred it and then ricocheted off and before it plowed into the desert floor and so I did that I went back down I got to my jeep and uh, and of course I'm thinking about I'm going to find broken windows or who knows what and everything was fine and I walked around to the passenger side to open a door and load some equipment in and I looked at the hood of my jeep and here is this very strange symbol these markings on my hood and the dust and dirt that's on the hood from driving it through all of the stuff I've been through. And yeah. it's wiped all the way down to the paint. And a photograph of that, just exactly as I found it, is on my uh, Facebook page right now.
1: Oh, my goodness. Facebook. What is it? Dot com backslash.
5: Um, Facebook.com slash Harry.Drew.35.
1: Wow. You know, then yeah. this did this happen soon after we first spoke? I'm curious.
5: Does it do what?
1: No, did you see this shadow creature soon after we spoke the first time on the show? No,
5: no, no. Oh no. No, okay. this was um this would have been 2008.
1: Oh, okay. Got you. So it it sounds yeah. like the shadow people it really does because they are kind of kind of got a little little grip on the whole UFO alien thing going on. It's, it's a strange thing. It's a long story. Sometime I'll have to tell you my story.
5: <laughs> well, but, uh, the, the, the things I noticed, Heidi, was yeah. that there, I, what I could not see through this thing.
4: Right.
5: It had substance to it, even though it seemed to be two-dimensional to look at it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't casting a shadow.
1: Yep, that sounds like them. Yep, it yeah. doesn't matter what time of day they do show really? up, and it's uh, it's it's fascinating to me when I hear such you know outright you know they were really worried they were really worried to show up the way that they did. So that tells me that you're really onto something and you really ticked them off. Way to go, Harry! <laughs> <laughs> so, Harry, I want you to give uh, everybody the chance um, to let them know how they can get a hold of you if they want to do your tours and uh, and your books and your videos. So go ahead and give that information again.
5: Yes, um, for those interested uh, on tours, uh, it's you can go to Top Secret Tours site, or you can go directly to my site, www.kingmanufotours.com, and my website is www.kingmanufocrashes.com, and facebook.com uh, slash harry.drew.com. 35, all lowercase.
1: Oh, my goodness, Harry. I could talk to you forever. I really want to get myself out there because uh, if I lived close, you wouldn't be out there hoofing it alone anymore because <laughs> i swear and i think half the people in the chat room are raising their hand like me too me too i mean but it's one of those those things where it's like you're so passion driven you do it just because you love it but you sure do wish you had more help right because that's how i feel half the time anyway
5: absolutely well i had to know i wanted to, for, on, on the beginning of it all i wanted to know if there had ever been a kingman crash or not it was just okay. another story and what i find is the reason it's secret is two things one the government didn't want it talked about and the other was that uh it was picked up by um a number of people who created stories about it uh that were completely opposite of what was actually going on and then all these other things happened and was like it was just unsuspecting all of a sudden i'm getting visitations here and uh right. seeing things out out there and the astronomer on the other side he's It's many, many miles away from me to the east,
1: and And everybody needs to look at
5: that. That's awesome.
1: Oh, I'm going to so check it out. Well, Harry, you know you're going to come back on the show at some point because I just love you, and everybody else does, too. thank you. You'll have to come out.
5: Oh, yeah, I will definitely. Get out of the Windy City and come here.
1: (laughs) Oh, I certainly will. uh, Thank you so much once again.
5: August 15th, International Route 66
1: Festival, Festival.
5: right here, Kingman, Old Town.
1: Love it, love it. Well, everybody yes thank you so much once again harry drew everybody once again this is the bottom of my show you know you can catch me here every friday 9 p.m eastern 8 p.m central you've been listening to me heidi hollis the outlander on inception radio network remembering always if it's weird we're here good night everybody
4: you're gonna let your budget be the boss of you take control with progressive name your price tool tell us what you want to pay for car insurance and we'll help you find options that fit your budget here's some music to get you pumped i hear your budget laughing at you oh wait
0: that's just those kids laughing at me ignore them
4: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law